Today's Local Lady podcast is made possible with Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in Fremont County, Riverton Remax has great staff that will assist you on your journey to a new home. Check out Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors on Facebook. There are several great properties for sale right now. Hello, Riverton and Fremont County. This is Bethany Baldus with the Local Ladies Podcast in the Porter's 10Cast Studio. Today, my guest is Brad Tyndall, the CWC president. How are you doing today, Brad? I'm doing wonderfully. Thanks very much. Fantastic. It's so great to hear you, talk to you, and I'm so excited to hear about all of the things that you guys are doing at CWC. I know there's a lot of changes coming down the pipeline. Yes, indeed. We're doing a lot of exciting things because we're facing a different world in terms of higher education. So we're trying to hit things hard and fast. Yes. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I had, uh, I think this is a great place to start. I had um, Jack Schmidt on the show and we were discussing some of the different um, products that hopefully Wyoming is the leader of for beef and USDA and stuff. And um, I know CWC has been a huge part of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when you're trying to really shift the market, and I'm sure Jack spoke to this, and I, I recall that he did, that basically you're trying to go back almost 80 years in terms of the beef and food market because it's been so uh, concentrated. So what we're really trying to do is shift it so that more of the the retail and the value added part of that, which is the whole, not only processing it and selling it and marketing it, we're trying to shift that more back into Fremont County so that more of that revenue and economic activity stays in the in the county and in our region more broadly. The college serves you know three counties and you know and we reach out even further than that. And so. The college, typically people would think that our role is just workforce. You know, that's all we do. And I say, no, Comprehensive Community College has a a bigger uh, responsibility than that. And so, yes, we can be the workforce piece because as people gear up to do more local food processing, and we know that largely means more USDA meat processing, but it also means we have a role to play not just you know, people who can cut up carcasses and cut up a good steak, but it really means support of the whole production side and the demand side. So demand side is restaurants and food and getting things in the shop and making sure that we help with get, getting people to understand how to label things and how to test meat and how to get uh, U.S. processing credentials, not only for the beef side, but also the food side. And so... You know, we have a culinary program, so we're a big part of the food side of the equation. And and so I'm trying to really do everything we can because the college has so many tendrils that to really help support this in many, many ways. And if you ask me to go into it, I will, but I'll, I'll, I may bore you to death. So, <laughs> But there's a whole lot that we're doing. Um, well, and I think that one of the important things that you said there was kind of in the beginning of being a Commerce Community College where – Kind of in the past, we've looked at community colleges as the stepping stone to further education, but really you guys, it seems like to me, you guys are creating an educational product that doesn't necessarily have to go beyond, that that 
people will be able to come to CWC, come back to CWC, and continue their education along and stay in our communities, correct? Absolutely. And so the biggest symbol of that, I guess, is the fact that we are anticipating um, starting the Bachelor of Applied Science this fall. And and so let's just assume we are, because I think it's going to be really <laughs> bad news if we hear that we're not approved, because we've received all these approvals. So right. for all intents and purposes, we're starting the Bachelor of Applied Science. And so that allows even a further reach. And so in general, so what does this look like, this new landscape? Well, we do business and industry training, and that's for any business that says, I don't care about a certificate or degree, but can you help my business in this regard? And the answer is yes, we will try. We will, you know, we have workforce development. And then someone says, well, I need a little formal training, a little bit more formal than that. Can you meet that need with some sort of formalized certificate? And oftentimes if it's formalized, you know, an employer or a union or some other organization can step in and pay for it. So yes, if that's what you need, you you know, so the question is, do you need credit? Do you need non-credit? What's your goal? Are you trying to eventually get a bachelor's degree? Do you even care about that? And really, you know, meet the need of the person in terms of exactly what they need. And some people are saying, yeah, I think it'll help my career if we package this as credit. I eventually want a bachelor's degree because it's going to help me advance within my organization or even the job market to say, great, we can package all sorts of career and technical things within this Bachelor of Applied Science. And someone will say, yeah, but I'm thinking that someday I think I may want to, you know, go into academia. And I said, well, that's the case. Let's have you take these courses and let's, you know, transfer you to somewhere else. But I think that we're really trying to, um, do as best we can to meet the needs of people so that hopefully they can stay and not export people. And so, cause we want to strengthen our community. And so the way the state traditionally has been set up is that 70% of our students eventually leave the state because there's just not enough economic opportunity. So even if you want to be a chef, you say, okay, I'll go to culinary school. We have one in Jackson, and you would say, well, and I'll go somewhere else. And we're saying, no, we want to make it so that you can stay. And so in the mix of all this is this really heavy emphasis on entrepreneurial skills and knowledge and trying to get you um, the funds through what they call angel kind of investors and things like that so that you can figure out how you could start your own restaurant or be a chef and really pushing all different types of, you know, opportunities within, within food, but it could also be within equine. It had nothing to do with food, other industries. So a heavy emphasis on entrepreneurship because all this training is kind of for not if it means we have to export you and your family out of the state. And they're going, Ooh, that seems like a disservice to us all in our community. So, the flavor that kind of pervades all these activities is kind of this this idea and the instruction of entrepreneurship and um, you know business startup knowledge, so that you you may not start your own business, but you're certainly going to be working with businesses around here and around here is small business, and you need to be entrepreneurial if you're going to help that small business thrive. So very much this 
entrepreneurship skill set kind of pervades so much of what we're pushing. Well, and you know, I think it's interesting. Um, I have said for a while now that one of our biggest exports that people never give any credit to is our men. Um, yeah. Obviously, we see that um, coal and oil and the things that we actually export, but when we send our men truck full over truck full, um, load over the border into another state, what is the what is happening in our own communities and so being able to have those um, different kinds of options and um, is so important I remember the day I was down in Cheyenne last year when um, they approved the um, BAS program that the community colleges were going to be able to participate in that and I told so many legislators I was like you just did more for the future of Wyoming than you even know because it allows me to get my education in my hometown while my husband is somewhere else or if my husband gets laid off he can get his education here or whatever like it just opens up the options so much for people and I am so excited to see CWC kind of being one of the leaders in that and how um, how you guys have competed in that. Because only there's only a couple of schools that are going to actually be able to start out with this, correct? Yes, we're going to be the first school out of the gate. We hit this really hard. I had this, um, I was at my previous college years ago at Colorado Mountain College where we rolled out some bachelor's degree and it was this big change. And I knew the day was going to come here where we were just going to hit that. And I think we were just chomping at the bit. We had worked out a lot of the curriculum. And so, we were, yes, we're the first one out of the gate on this because it makes so much sense, as you said. Mostly this degree is for place-bound people like yourself. And what are you going to do? Go, you know, sign up for something, University of Denver or University of Nebraska, and you're going to pack up everybody and go? Right. No, that's impossible. And so it needs to be localized. And I think um, – it was a little bit bumpy with the University of Wyoming because they're going, wait a second, and people are saying, you're going to become a university. I go, no, we're trying to serve our local community. This is really intended for people just like yourself. You're saying, you're smart, you're intelligent, you can go so far, but you can't. You literally cannot move yourself and your family somewhere to do it. So right, it's like, got to be local. Move, I can't you know? move to Laramie, so we have to have these options for people in our communities. Right. And I think right. that it's so beautiful to have CWC um, be the first because we are so centralized. Like it really gives people the option um, in Fremont County, but even maybe there's other options too. I'm sure that you, you guys, I'm sure, are looking at some online kind of stuff and whatnot as well. Yes, I think the intention is really for the place-bound people, but sometimes place-bound means that, you know, somebody's in Ethity and they're saying, oh, the class is at three o'clock, and I'm sorry, but that's when I have all these responsibilities, and so, yes, we are look, we are definitely doing the online piece, but philosophically not meant to, like, offer it for, you know, people in, in Europe or something, sure. but it's really for people <laughs> like yourself who need to do some online yeah, component, you know. Sometimes my background is really loud because I have three kids. So, <laughs> like, that's like, I can totally appreciate to what you're saying that there's sometimes you just can't make it to a physical class. So, and one thing I went through a training today is so that part of this we say online, but we really probably should say being distance learning. But sometimes distance learning isn't even the right term. It's just whatever it takes in the toolbox to help Bethany Valdez. An example person 
to succeed. And so it could be the Zoom technology, these go-to-meeting things. And I was just in a training on that where you mute things and you can share your screen with your professor and you can you could ask all your students in this Zoom meeting, how many of you think that that's a good idea? And you can take a poll. And that, that might be the technology that would be used in addition to some face-to-face. But sometimes it's just like, I'm going to call all my students next week and ask them how their project's doing. And don't forget, we got a telephone. So it's really any kind of practical technology. Could it, it could be that one student's bandwidth is so terrible that when he or she logs into a Zoom meeting, it gets really, really glitchy, so they have to turn off the video. And so we're just going to, you know, be extremely practical and scrappy, if necessary, to create a good educational product to, to help people move forward, you know, and not have so many limitations. So I think, um, in a way, um, uh, I don't know. So I think we're we're boldly marching forward, and some of the stuff we'll figure out as we go. But by golly, we're going to serve people like yourself and get you to the finish line, wherever you want to go. Sure. Um, one thing that maybe. I have this question, and whenever I I have a question, I figure there's a lot of people. (laughs) So um, I have an associate in um, psychology. So what is, like, the best way to make this new bachelor's um, program work for me to possibly be working toward a bachelor's since I'm associates of arts and this is um, of science? So, like, in layman's terms, how does all of this academia stuff work for people who don't necessarily understand Okay, the good news is that it's very individualized. So what you would do is you know, call an advisor and they would say, okay, I see you want to get a bachelor's degree. What do you want to do in the future? And if you say something like, I wouldn't call it crazy, but something like, I want to become a medical doctor, and they would say, oh, this degree isn't meant for you. The med school thing is a totally different track. And you'll say, no, 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 I, I don't want to become a medical doctor. I, you might say something, I think I want to do something within kind of you know, counseling and social work, and I say, perfect. We're, you know, this is good for you. So it's pretty much people who see a career path or some sort of job within the region for some kind of thing we want to do, and I say, perfect, because there's a lot of credits in this BAS to give you experiential things to kind of intern and kind of apprentice even. You don't have to. There's flexibility in it. And you say, okay, so what do you really, really want to need to do and it's largely designed for um, developing the leadership management skills within a realm, you know, so that you're saying, yeah, I mean, especially for you, it'd be really great because you've obviously tons of leadership knowledge and you take a lot of leadership roles in the community. You'd say, okay, this is great. We're going to help hone your leadership skills and kind of define what that means because you might say, well, I need to be kind of back office businessy. I go, great, we'll give you some business classes. And yeah, I also need some more higher level understanding, let's say in social work or psychology. Say, great, okay, let's do that. Let's look at how we're going to do those courses. And very much, it's very customizable, and which is what's really great about it. And then so hopefully, you know, it'll meet your needs. And if, if it turns out, say, no, 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 this is not what I'm talking at all. We'll say, oh, it sounds like what you need is the master's in social work. So that's the case. Let's help design a plan with UW or something. Correct. But for most of this, I think, you know, if you're trying to say, I see myself working here in kind of a leadership management 
kind of thing, but I need more psych classes and more sociology, you know, social work classes. Then we, we, we find a way to get them, get them to you. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. No, and then we I, start, then we, then we build your schedule and have to be part time because you're a busy person. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, that whole thing. I think that it's just a beautiful way to like be able to see where UW still fits in because I think that I, that is an important element. Like we can't just turn our back on our university, but making oh, sure, yeah. cause that's not the right track for everybody. And so it really is like, um, like I shook your hand to get my associates last year that took me 13 years to get, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's one of those things when I shook your hand, it's like, okay, now what? And so now from what I'm hearing you say is you basically have the next step for me because I'm not going to relocate at this point, but yet I, I do want to continue on my education. Um, because honestly, I think education is one of those things that, we should never stop, whether it's through a, a college or just on our own. Um, we, we continually have to be building our mind. I've been on this kick of reading all of these books that I'm sure I read in high school, but I'm just like having to go back down that road because I'm like, all right, now I'm old enough to like actually understand what all this said. So I think that there is a benefit to going back and being that non-traditional student looking for whatever is next. I think you have the right philosophy. And I finally, I, well, not finally, but in my life, I've realized that too. And then at some point when learning becomes fun <laughs> and then it's like, it's no longer, so it's not drudgery. It's kind of like, so I've been in school. I'm always taking classes and people, I can brag about the number of degrees and stuff. But if you're always like taking a couple of classes here and there, sooner or later you feel like you've accumulated several of them. I mean, you just kind of, and you know, it's fun to learn really. And especially if it's in an area that you're really, you know, passionate about. And so I think with our BAS, it's very much the most practical degree ever. You know, it's applied, you know, applied degree. And so we sit down with somebody saying, what do you want? And I say, I want to stay in this area and I need a job. I say, well, okay, let's be super practical. Who are all the possibilities of people who might hire you? And I say, okay, so let's design it and place you there and just, get down the brass tacks to, to make that happen. And then it's like, well, I think possibly I might start my own business and maybe I'll consult and da, da, da. And I go, okay, that's the case. Let's make sure you get some of this business startup classes we're talking about because you may need to, you know, learn QuickBooks because you're going to probably end up sounds like having your own business or something. And just really kind of down the brass tacks. What we don't want it to be is one of these degrees where they say, well, get a degree in philosophy. And I think it'll be good for you and you'll be a better thinker and going, okay, that's not specific enough. We're not talking about where we're, you're exactly going to land. Right, right. And so it's, it's, it's a very practical degree, which I think is really good for our area. Well, and um, I feel like this is already kind of existing because um, even before you guys had this, uh, by adding the cosmetology school up there, you were able to really hone in on this where people just need a certificate or do they need a two-year degree depending on what they're, what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So, well put. Cheer schools in general are very, very practical. So, with our our numbers, for example, forty seven percent of our four credit students are in these career and technical cosmetology, nursing, welding, auto, social work, very much job oriented, which we call career and technical, which they used to call vocational. Field. So we're 47% vocational and 53% transfer on to the university, become an engineer 
or a professor or, or whatnot. And so we really, half of our DNA is really what's designed for the very practical anyhow. So this BAS is so nice because it it's very, continues with a more of a vocational practical vein. But you yourself got a kind of a two-year transfer degree. And it still works with folks like you are saying, okay, I got some great information and I think psychology is great. For anyone who hasn't taken a psychology class, sometimes I wonder how aware they are of <laughs> how complex the human mind is. You look like everybody in this world should take psychology a couple of classes, don't you think? Yeah. And so, I also I think we all need a little bit of psychology help. Like I wish it was just <laughs> more acceptable in our community to be like, and I always tell people that the example of this is go and try to buy pickles someday. And just the sheer amount of choices show why we have so much mental illness in our in our world. <laughs> because it's like there's 100,000 different types of pickles. I don't know what kind of pickle yeah. I want. <laughs> yeah. I found that the most eye-opening experience to me in all my education was probably that psychology 101 class. Like, boom. It, it opens up. It peels a layer off your eyeballs in a way you can see the world differently ever since. And it's, it's such a good thing. But, mm-hmm. but so I, I think, you know, the BAS is one thing that's huge and very exciting for us. But in terms of the, the whole food industry thing, the thing that we're trying to do is really shift, play a big role in shifting the economy. So the college, we commissioned a study, an ag sector study and ag more, most broadly including food and equine the very broad definition of ag that an ag sector study and one of the recommended recommendations was since local communities are in such silos riverton thinks about riverton lander thinks about lander um dubois thinks about dubois thermop etc that somebody needs to think regionally if we're going to try to make regional changes and so they say it's up to the college. And they made it very clear that the college has to think more in terms of the, this big picture thing. And the big picture, we need economies to shift. So there's more economic opportunity for your husband and everyone else to stay and thrive locally without having to, you know, as you say, get in a truck and go across the border somewhere. And so we're, we're thinking a lot more holistically in terms of um, – organizing things. And so one of the things I'm involved with is kind of one of the, the founding members kind of, of a new Wyoming food coalition, which is really, and we have different, there's, I think we have five, five or six or seven task force. And one of them is how do we nurture and grow the local farmer and rancher? But then this food coalition, this is ag and food, because so much of ag, of course, is food, either for us or animals and whatnot. And so really trying to, because if, if we only, the college only trains people like, oh, you got an ag degree, and that's all we did, it's a disservice. It's too complex to just do a little tiny thing. The role of the college is to think about the supply. How do we, how are ranchers going to make more money so that that thrives? Because, you know, we need the farmers to thrive, the ranchers to thrive, the restaurants to thrive, the tourists to stop and end buy those products. I mean, it's a holistic picture. And so the college's role, I think, is to survey and pull people together, get grants, help help all these parts of the economy through training and bringing resources and, and, and providing a venue for people to get together and figure things out. And I think that's the approach we're basically taking, you know, is trying to really 
be there for the community and to, to make some major shifts because these things are not simple. They're kind of complex systems, you know? And so we have to be this kind of the system's glue is the way I see it. Well, and um, some of that will come together with the new building you guys are building, correct? Yes. And so that we're hoping uh, that we'll be breaking ground on that in sometime in 2021. We're always trying to ask for, you know, some financial support. I'm just assuming not have to take loans and stuff to build this thing. Sure. And so, but this thing is going to get built. But um, with that facility, we'll be able to do a lot more training, obviously. Well, and, and also, just so we know what people are talking about, it's going to be, I don't want to missay what it is. So it's a new equine. I would say it's an animal. Yeah, it's a good thing because it's funny. It started out its vision several years ago. It's just going to be an equine center, but it's so much more than that. So people oftentimes will say, well, how's that equine center? I go, wait, 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 this is ag. This is ag, the brog ag. So we're talking meat sciences. We're talking agronomy. We're talking equine, broader ads. We're calling it, the state officially calls it the animal sciences facility. Mm. And because they have it, you know, logged in the state construction division, you know, how they label it. Mm-hmm. What we've been calling it is this Rocky Mountain Complex for Agony Client Sciences. And we've thrown the net out to the whole Rocky Mountain region. And we've gotten funds to, from the from the regional perspective. The Economic Development Administration is um, providing several million dollars for this project, $3 million for this project, for this regional project this Rocky Mountain region project serving this, the, 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 the broader ag economy, ag and equine economy in the region. And so in, within this facility, there's going to be two um, arenas, if you're talking to cattle people, um, or they call it, um, oh, it's wrong. It's funny how different audiences call auditorium <laughs> a different big thing. Yeah. But I think the, the uh, the equine people think call a, a, an arena like a, a stockyard or something for, you know, the um, rancher folks. But basically these large facilities where they're seating and you can observe and watch. And so one is very large. And so we'll be able to do events, which will help tourism. But we're going to be very cautious and not compete with the, um, the fairgrounds. Right. Because this is not the compete. It's like, oh, you guys are doing that. How about we do this and we bring more economic activity to the region for having an indoor arena is a big is a big deal for our community. That in itself, if people said, hey, the college is doing this indoor arena, I think that would create a lot of excitement all on our own. But in addition, there's this, you know, this USDA yep. meat processing training facility. A lot of people get scared and say, oh, no, the college is going to compete with the local meat processors. And I say, no, we're not. We're training the meat processor for this. We're going to have a couple of animals a semester going through our system, not, you know, 20 a day. Right. Well, and the way and that so just, Jack described that last week is that right now the butchers of the world just do one cut all day and they get the next slab of meat and they do the same cut and then the next guy does the next cut. And that this is actually taking it back to the craft of butchering and exactly. like what our local, what our local, um, butchers are doing but actually having the certificates and whatnot available in our area correct absolutely the craft meat is the right paradigm the right way of thinking about this 
what we're not doing is training for an industry that is cranking through, you know, several hundred head a day and each person is doing just one cut. No, this is almost thought of within the food realm. The thing we're talking about craft food, craft meat, because you cannot compete with the, the big giant corporate feedlots and slaughter operations. Sure. What we can do is the craft meat, just as somebody and someone is, in fact, you know, doing craft beer and it sells mm-hmm. and it sells for a little bit more than buying a, you know, a, a Bud Light. This is a, this is the same thing. So, and this craft beer has changed communities. These little brew pubs and things have rescued some small towns because they become this cute place where tourists want to come, where the where our youth really want to stay in town because they have some amenities that they expect. And so this whole craft coffee, craft beer, kind of gourmetish kind of food that we all enjoy, you know, at the local restaurant, whether it's tapas at Brown Sugar Roastery or um, Tyler McCann's local meat at the, um, um, what's that other place called the Roasted Bean? There's two places, for example, more of those kind of cute, nice, niche. There are your neighbor's food and meat. This is what this is looking about. This is craft beef um, um, program, if you will. One well, as we become more aware of where our food's coming from, how it's being processed, I think that this kind of um, market also puts a lot of light on what we should be eating and what's healthy and like being able to wade through some of the um, information that we're getting. Uh, I mean, it goes back to even what Jack is doing with the um, local food hub and being yeah. able to like know that this was all locally grown and how much better yep. it tastes, how much better it looks. Like there's just a lot of things. And um, I feel like we've gotten to a point in society where it's kind of hard to understand where our meat comes from. I, I mean, that seems yeah. silly to say sometimes, but it's true. Like, oh, like true. we're, we're disconnected from the animal that it came from and um, not to be like in a, uh, like save the cows because I mean, do save the cows, but I like my own steak kind of thing, you know, but just yeah. being able to be connected to where it came from and how, how the animal was treated. And, um, I, I think Jack alluded to that a little bit and, and being able to have that economy built into our, our area, I feel like will only benefit our youth and because then they can get more involved in like kind of some of these things that people always did back in the day, but we've just gotten away from no i think no i i agree on so many different levels i think that for me in the purchasing piece i like my neighbors i like i i take pride in the community i know you do well you're you're <laughs> the, the pride lady above you know the fremont county let's 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 do this everybody together thing it's wonderful and i think that it fits exactly in with, with your philosophy and i think it's my philosophy i want to buy things that's local and I, because it's my neighbor and I'm willing to pay more for my neighbor because my neighbor matters. Right. And some people say, well, I'm going to go to Walmart and, you know, buy that over there because it's, you know, cheaper. And I've, you know, argued with cousins and other people saying, listen, I know there's a lot of junk that we buy. We waste a lot of money. Everyone does, you know, here and there. I'm saying, so if you're going to spend a little bit extra, even like a buck 
extra for a pound, but it's for my neighbor. And, you know, so to speak, it's within our county. And so I pay a buck more a pound if they give me a break. Well, that even, is not breaking the bank. These right. people matter. It's our community. And they know the food. And I've actually seen the animal before you slaughtered it. And you treated it so well. And I'm just saying, I like you. And you matter. And your kids matter. And, I'm, and it is not a burden on me. It is a joy for me to spend a buck more a pound on something for Tyler McCann and his wife and his two girls. I'm sorry. That's just right. That's good. It's wonderful. I feel better for it. And I think, you know, in the people in our restaurants and things, and as an economist, I'll let you get a word in here, but as an economist, you know, my PhD is in economics. When you go to Walmart and you spend, you know, a hundred dollars, most of that money ends up going, first of all, okay, it pays the salary, the people are local. So yeah, that piece, okay, local wages, but all the other revenue then goes to Bentonville, Arkansas, and then all the suppliers all over the world where the meat came from, Brazil, JBS, that does not multiply in our economy. But when I go and buy meat from um, the Tolman Brothers or Tyler McCann that sells their meat locally, the net money all of it stays in the economy and multiplies. And so in terms of the economic multiplier, when you buy food local, it multiplies significantly. But when you go to a place where that money leaves the state, it doesn't multiply. It's not used a lot. It makes a whole lot more sense in terms of building your economy to buy the localist, more local thing you possibly can in terms of that economic multiplier. Well, if I... I'm understanding correct too. That's part of being able to get the USDA packing plant here too, so that we do have those options within the stores. And I mean, it's one of those things where it's a supply and demand. If, if people are demanding that kind of meat, Walmart or wherever, whatever um, big box store is going to have to play game with the local economy. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, doing as much of that, the, the buzzword is like the value added, but we're, what it is, is that part of the economy where, so two-thirds, and if, uh, Jack, I got this from Jack Schmidt. He says, you know, that when we go do the cow-calf operation and sell our animals at the sale barn, you're basically um, only getting one-third of the total value-added revenue from, uh, from your cow. But if we process it, eat it here, and market here, and all that, we get three-thirds. We get so much more in, into our economy if we can just process it and market it and sell it and eat it here. And that's what we're trying to do because ag is huge in our region. It's number three in the state, but it's even bigger for our region because, you know, we don't have a whole lot of coal. So yeah. ag is a, has a bigger role to play. And it has a, a, a much bigger role to play because we're in these in these tourism corridors. Mm-hmm. And so that food could be marketed to tourists and it's, it's craft food, you know, craft beef, craft jerky, all sorts of flavors and varieties that um, this has a huge potential. And so, and it's our neighbors and it's healthier and you know where your food came from and there's a lot of garbage in our food these days. And if it's local, they don't have to put preservatives in it because it's fresh and it comes from, you know, five miles down the road, you know. And if you want to preserve so, it, turn it into jerky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we got a jerky. We have, you know, um, high mountain jerky yep. in our um, 
community and on CWC's business park. And um, Hans Hummel, he's great. You know, let's help him. He's our neighbor. He matters. Yep. You know? Yep, very much so. I, I, I guess it's just such a fantastic um, – I – a fantastic thing and I think that it is important for us as we go through these economic times and trying to figure out who Wyoming is going to be next because I think that's kind of everybody's question right now and it is going back to looking at our flag and seeing that um, coal and oil are on there obviously like our natural resources are on there but also seeing the ag is on that flag and it was part of who we are it's part of we still have a lot of farmers out there a lot of ranchers and being able to support this and kind of bring it back. I think that it's so appropriate that it's happening in the center of Wyoming so that then it can then become, as you were saying, regional and eventually statewide. Yep. Yep. Um, so we're working because we are part of the bigger system. We, I think we want all of Wyoming obviously to thrive. And if Wyoming is known for this great place to go and good local food and things like this, it helps us. So it's so we want, all regions of the state to thrive because if we're this, if Wyoming is this food mall and this mm. tourism food mall, and we're a part of that mall, that's great. I think we want the whole state to rise. And I think that the state rises, we all rise. But I think the way I'm pushing this, Fremont County is the shining star in all this. Yep. It, it's running point. It's at the tip of the sphere. And when I show up to activities, Fremont County shows up in force. And yep. we got some good things going on. And you're a part of that, Bethany. Oh, this whole thanks. positive, we can do, we can do things attitude is contagious. And I think something's happening here and it's something good. Well, and I think that um, it's also important with all of the things that CWC is doing, all of the moves, um, understanding the timeline that these things are on, um, that this doesn't just happen overnight, that you guys have been working on this, going this direction, and just to hold steady and know that it's coming and that when it does go, it's everything's going to be done properly and correct. Yeah, sure. I also know that there's a lot of hard work and a lot of figuring things out. But with that can-do attitude, kind of a very practical Wyoming what do we really need to do without overthinking yeah. things? I think we can get there. We've had conversations with the Catholic college and they're saying, what can we do to, they want to do more sheep and lamb and feed their students more totally locally and be protein independent. And I said, that's great. We have a role to play. We sit down with different people and saying, what do we need to do person by person, group by group. And I see the momentum. I don't know about you, but I see a lot of yes. pockets of great things bubbling up. But people coming together saying, yep, we can do this. Yep. Let's do it. And it's the little things at a time that create a big a big picture in the end. That's right. That's right. Very good. Um, so do you have any other, like, things going on at CWC or announcements? or? <laughs> oh, shoot. We got so many things <laughs> going on. But, uh, you know, we're so proud about a lot of things, right? So the fact that we're getting a lot of national and even international attention with our mountain science, right? Expedition science and students doing a lot of measuring of black carbon and snow and water quality and melting glaciers and just a lot of great kind of science and outdoor things. And so a lot of good press on that, you know, that we were in, uh, we were featured in Glaciers of the Wind. And so we we're really taking advantage of our place based advantages here. Mm -hmm. Not only is that ag and food, but also we got mountains. We have the winds, 
We served the Teton region, you know, and so a lot of great things happening there. The cosmetology of, program is doing great. I mean, so many things are doing really well. I'm actually glad you brought up the sciences. Um, I know last year when my brother was going to CWC, um, he was part of the group that was going out and collecting um, mosquitoes and helping try to figure out for oh uh, yeah yeah and he's West Nile yep yep yeah West Nile virus and how I don't think we always think about it but how our students can have impacts because we are a small college like that and the way that the money rolls rolls around You're and up. stuff you know it's funny you mentioned was it you said it's your nep- nephew or cousin who my, did you say my brother my little brother your brother was, yep he was one of them who did the RNA for. One of the mosquitoes, I can't remember. He, See, he, my son is now doing that. So my son might may, may, may know your son. My son just started this last fall, and he's involved in that project. And talk about cutting edge, cool. Yes. And it's important research. They say if we can prove that the West Nile virus can actually uh, uh, um, impact the, I wish I was stronger, and all this, <laughs> the RNA and DNA and, and other things, I mean, they're coming up with results What will very much inform treatment changes radically. I mean, this is real science. It's yes. not like playing around, cutting open a frog and looking at the, at the gut. Yes. This, they're, they're part of the, the research process. And so, yeah, it's very impressive. Yes. And, and I, I mean, just to have our students be able to have that opportunity here in central Wyoming, you'd never expect it, but I know he went back to school a couple of years ago and he was telling my parents about this and it's like, holy cow, I can't believe that this is happening at CWC. Yeah. And I mean, it's real, it's very real science. And like you said, cutting edge. So it's just fantastic oh, yeah. that there's that opening, um, that it, it, that there's the ability to be involved in such important things. I mean, the same thing with yeah. the glaciers, it's all very, very important. Right. No, so we have a lot of exciting things going on. So I feel, it's, it, we're, we're having to stutter step once in a while because we're all facing the same, you know, Wyoming economy challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And so our budget, but we're, we're, we're continuing to move forward and we have to step over hurdles. We do, <laughs> but we're going to keep going. But it's kind of that Wyoming attitude of we see the hurdle and we go around the hurdle. We get, we get through it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very good. Do. Um, do you have anything else to add, Brad? No, just thank you so much, Bethany, for, for doing this. And I really want to applaud you for being such a positive force in our in our dark community because I think we have to, you know, show what you're doing, this can-do attitude and help your neighbor and all that. So I think we'll, we'll continue to thrive with uh, people as yourself just being really positive and, you know, doing things, making things happen. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time today. And um We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds great. You take care. Mm -hmm.